What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to In the Know. Mason, we haven't chatted in a long time. There's been quite a few things that have been happening in the basketball world and the Pelicans world, and I suppose the real world. Uh, what's up with you? Here you're in a new spot in, in Chicago still, but new spot nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, we, we moved uh, upstairs in our own building. So, so we uh, it was just a bigger place. Same rent, nicer spot. Um, it makes hopefully we're coming to an end of the work from home uh era at least for for my job i think we're, we should be going back like um late summer hopefully um but this gives us an office and so like <laughs> we can work our offices are basically the bedroom in an office instead of the bedroom in the living room which is like a, a slight quality of life upgrade uh, you so. mean recording <laughs> studio yes yes recruiting recording studio absolutely for the podcast yeah this echo chamber i'm in uh, ho- hopefully it doesn't sound too bad for everyone listening at home but um but we're working on the acoustics <laughs> yeah this is only for in the know and um any office work will have to be done elsewhere. Are you are you looking forward to going back to work? What's your what's your vaccination status? Um, got shot one, so that's awesome. Uh, Which one? Shot, <clears throat> Pfizer. Nice. Yeah, shot two is April fifteenth, so by end of April should be should be good. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. It sounds like um, you know what the state of Illinois is relaxing. Uh, requirements um parts of chicago are still tough but um if you want to if you want to find a vaccine you can find it um whether it means driving a couple hours outside the city so um, that sounds sketchy bro <laughs> wait wait <laughs> hold up <laughs> if you want to find a vaccine a <laughs> yeah no i mean but but there, i mean there, there are enough suburb or not even suburbs it's just like other cities in illinois that you can you can go to and there's that there's more you know, there's good supply. So, um, just depends on how, how eager you are. Um, but, um, but yeah, cause I know that, uh, Louisiana is kind of opened up just to everyone at this point. I know you're, you're good already, but, um, sounds like everyone else, whoever wants one can hopefully get one at this point in Louisiana. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's open to the general public, and uh, if you haven't gotten it, you can get it at basically like any healthcare center near you. I mean, you just have to go to the the state website. Um, I think it's like la.ldh.gov, but don't quote me on that. Definitely Google it, and you'll be able to find locations near you. You set up an appointment. I've had a couple of friends go through, uh, and they said it was a painless process. Um, I don't want to say it was a painless shot per se. Uh, that's, you know, um, it's not a painful shot. It's, it's like any other shot you'll receive, at least for me. Um, you know, I, I was a little bit sore on the injection site, um, for about a day in, uh, on my first shot, no, no ill symptoms yeah. otherwise. T- and then tougher than me, I, that my arm after that first shot hurt for like three days, man, it was, it was, it was, there was a lot of soreness and, uh, my, uh, my mom actually just got her second shot at the, at, so I, I'm still calling it Zephyr Field. I don't know what they call it now, where the rugby team plays, but that she—that's where she went. They have that max vaccination set up, which is which is awesome. That's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, they're doing they're doing a lot of these things where you can go and get it done. Um, and for my second shot, 24 hours post the shot, I experienced uh, some some fever aches and chills um, that. I was able to get under control with Tylenol and they, when I went to bed, like they were gone. Um, so it was, it was a temporary experience of like, I guess, discomfort. Uh, but that's my dad got Pfizer as well on a second shot. Didn't experience a damn thing. Nice. Uh, have, does your uh, company doing anything like for people who get vaccinated, any sort of incentives? Um, I work in healthcare, so it's like mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> like, you better. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, for my department, it, it's not mandatory per se. Uh, right. Strongly encouraged, um, but no, there's not. There's, I don't think there's any incentives. I mean, we're we're my position has transitioned fully remote anyway, mm-hmm. and so it's just up to you. Like, I I was in Atlanta this past week and swung by the office to to print some things out and there be some people there and um one of the people i met they're like yeah we're, we're pretty much mass free in here i'm like oh you got your shot and he's like nope and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah well i um i got my shots i'm good but i'm gonna keep that's my right. mask on yeah <laughs> i just that's because uh, i um I, like i know my my fiance's dad they got uh, like a stipend or, or just like a a small like cash payment for for getting it i our company gave us uh, an extra pto day just to like go get it or if like you need it for you know other side effects um so it's it's i think it's cool what um what I, what it sounds like a lot of companies have been doing to try to incentivize folks to go get it so um, i get a t-shirt and a button <laughs> congratulations that's big. yeah and it says <laughs> we, we we stuck it to covid that's You'll love that one. I was, yeah, I, I got a respect upon there. Um, so I'll, <laughs> I'm, that's, that's better than, than, than money then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, people who have been vaccinated, the Pelicans, uh, they, <laughs> they, you know, their, their team, um, the majority of them got vaccinated and so did the front office and the team members, uh, around them, but their play as of recently has been very, very interesting, very, uh, April basketball lineups where, you know, typically you see these at the end of the year where there's a lot of injuries or, and, or tanking in this case, the Pelicans have a lot of injuries. Their play has reflected said injuries, but before we get into all that, we kind of want to, we haven't had a chance to talk about some of the, the drama that went around the trade deadline uh, to recap Lonzo ball did not get traded 
And then there was this hoopla of like, oh, well, his dad wants him out of here. And then he was like, no, I want to be here. And then David Griffin's like, he told me he wants to be here. And then end of the day, he didn't get traded. Uh, but J.J. Redick did get traded last moment, got traded for another J.J., James Johnson. Um, and Nico Melli went with him. Uh, Wes Wundu came back. And then uh, Mavericks' second round pick uh, was delivered. Mason, do you know if that second round pick was this year? I think it is. Uh, don't I, I'm not 100 sure on that, but I feel like I heard that it is, it is this this year's second rounder. Okay. Well, you know the Pelicans have I think four second round picks this year, and then their first, which is a little bit ridiculous. But we can talk about that later. Uh, JJ Redick, upon being traded, recorded a podcast, and in that podcast, he went scorched earth. He basically said that. He, he he was basically saying he was lied to. He was saying there was an understanding between David Griffin and he, and um, he said that they had a lot of dialogues, like multiple meetings about getting him to a favorable place, which was strongly implied to be in the Northeast. I think he said it. He wanted to be closer to his family. He wanted to drive, be able to drive on his off days to see his family. And then uh, he was given his word and that word was not kept. And David Griffin um, and that front office should not be trusted. And he'd be surprised if his agents um, trust that office again. So a lot of, a lot of strong words coming out of JJ Reddick. I thought it was uh, totally ridiculous, nonsensical situation from top to bottom, but curious to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I feel the same way. At first I I thought it was just ridiculous on both sides because it seemed like it was basically Pelicans reshuffling deck chairs in the Titanic in exchange for a mid to late second round pick. And it's like, well, I mean, go get the second rounder. It's a positive value deal for the Pelicans. Um, And and then, um, but that's before really you saw the the fallout. And so I think that was, it was always kind of the writing was on the wall. that something was going to be said. JJ said, JJ mentioned something he tweeted. that was going to be talking about on a podcast. Josh Hart obviously had that tweet uh, like right after the idea got reported. It seemed like he, he seemed pretty clear what he was talking about. And so it just seemed like it was like, it almost seemed like why bother? Why even go through this trouble and, and do this for such a modest return? If you knew that something like this was going to piss off JJ, but on the other hand, if you're JJ, sorry, like get over it. <laughs> um, there's, there's, I, I want to be clear if, if he was legitimately just straight up lied to by Griff and the front office, then that's not a good thing. And that's something that sh- like we shouldn't be brushing over because that's, it's not really a good way to run, run, run a business. But if JJ was in any way kind of extrapolating on, on, and, and just kind of like, connecting dots on what was actually said versus what his interpretation of what was said was, then I think we're in dicey territory for JJ. I mean, like this is the Pelicans are doing what the Pelicans will need to do to upgrade their roster, take like upgrade in any small way you can create, you know, add assets. And I think it was, it was a fine move. I I don't have any issues with it. It's not like they sent JJ to Sacramento or uh, another just, you know, a, a bot, Sacramento is an unfair comparison because they're actually probably playing, but they're playing better than the Pelicans right now. But like a team that was clearly not in the playoff race and just sent him away and just to get a second rounder, that's not what happened here. Like the, the, the Griff sent JJ to a team that's going to be in the playoffs and 
you know, if things go right, can, can, you know, maybe win a series. And so it's, it, I don't know. I, I think JJ kind of overstepped here and um, you know, obviously we can never know everything that was said. You need to give truth serum to Griffin JJ to figure that out. But um, you know, it, it's, I, I don't, I don't really have an issue with, with the trade, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, that was a really balanced take. I'm surprised you didn't come out guns blazing. uh, (laughs) i've cooled off a little bit uh (laughs) you're really level i mean i thought the guys at the jump which oh my god i can't believe i'm saying this but had a really good take on it which is basically like what have you done for the org that you get to kind of dictate where you you want to go and and they will um not act in their own best interest and and they'll act in your favor so that's a totally fair point and as far as the return goes yeah i mean that second round pick is i will doubt we'll ever put on a pelicans uniform um four second round picks there's just i i think they're they're gonna trade all these picks but and dd uh, <laughs> and, right and and dd i mean look they're, they're gonna have two-way sp- roster spots open uh depending on what they do with Najee and uh will magne and and you can do that and then with their with their g league team that's supposed to be birmingham i think starting next year you can utilize the g league for that as well uh without signing them to a, a deal i think not sure not entirely sure of how they're going to do that, but there's, there's avenues to kind of like keep them in your org or org umbrella. Uh, even if you have to send them to Sydney and, um, and, but yeah, I mean, I think that second round pick's not probably not going to amount to much, but this new JJ, he's been a revelation. This is probably why I've cooled off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, I mean, he's like 34 years old and he looks like a legit player. I, obviously you, look, he's not going to have this kind of offensive opportunity every night when the Pelicans are healthy, but in terms of what he's bringing to the team in ter- uh, with his effort, with his defensive intensity um, and just versatility, this is the kind of forward that I've been clamoring the the team go get for a very long time. It just sucks that he's 34 and, and, you know, you're kind of probably seeing the best version of him and going to cool off at some point sooner or later, but this whatever this peak is if you could kind of bottle this essence and go get it in a forward that's what i wanted you know defends multiple positions gets blocks gets steals can handle the ball can pass can rebound you know, all the above that's this is this is what the pelicans have needed yeah um i, I had a buddy ask me this morning if how much of the mle the pelicans are going to give james johnson next this summer i was like come on let's let's pump the brakes a little bit <laughs> the man's 34 years old but you're right i mean it's it, he I mean, it's recency bias because he just had the best game. I mean, so far, but he's, I, I, I didn't know what to expect from him. Um, you know, at this point in his career, he was, he got very inconsistent minutes from Dallas, but he, especially given the Pelicans injury issues and they needed guys who could do some of these things. And James Johnson gave him a little bit of everything that, you know, he could put the ball on the floor and create, creates pass good passing lanes. And obviously they're not playing against, uh, you know, the top teams in the league here. They're, they, they played against teams that are either bad or as injury uh, ravaged as the Pelicans are. But I mean, he's, I, I, I said it during the game or after the game and I stand by it. I mean, I think his game last game against the uh, last night against the Hawks was probably better than any individual game JJ's had this season. JJ Reddick's had for the Pelicans this season. So, I mean, uh, it's... AJ had the one game to open the season against the Raptors where he hit six threes on opening night and did nothing at all. 
I tweeted, you know, even even you had Melly in there. I was like, yeah, in three games, James Johnson has scored more points than Melly did in 22 games. <laughs> Melly put up like he put up seven points for the uh, Mavs in his debut, so he actually got minutes for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, a little birdie told me that in in three games, James Johnson has already become a vocal vet leader in the locker room and obviously you you don't know how much of this is like just like oh they're riding the high off this last win or whatever it is or they're trying to um they're trying to just pump some some good news out there uh with all this injury stuff going on but i think it's something i think that it's something that he's been around the league uh and he's respected pretty much everywhere he goes and he brings you look at the quotes that uh the timberwolves had the young timberwolves players had about him last year and and they're just an absolute amount of respect for james johnson and i think he's already bringing that to the pelicans so we'll, we'll see how much of a effect it has on the on-floor product going forward but that's not nothing yeah uh, absolutely and, and i really do think i mean my my big miss when they got him was that i don't i don't think I mean, why would you give a 34-year-old minutes right now? If, if anything, I'd rather see if you got anything in Uwundu because he's guaranteed for next year. But it's very, it became very clear to me very fast that that was an atrocious take. And I don't really, at full strength, I don't really give a, give a shit if, if Wes Uwundu plays a, a minute um, if, if this is what uh, James Johnson's going to bring to the Pelicans on a nightly basis. And obviously, yeah, like he's probably not going to be quite as good as he was in that game, um, you know, or that versatile as he was last night. But um, the way he's playing, he absolutely has a rotation spot on this Pelicans team, um, even at full strength. Um, even if he's an eighth or ninth guy, which that might be the case, but I, I like I I, I want to see more of it. Yeah, well, you you mentioned what, what kind of contract he should get, and honestly, this this is a wild take, but if the Pelicans, you know, what I would like for them to do is is handle all their cap business, get everyone they need to sign or trade it there for. Is whatever. Contract. Is exactly. That <laughs> That's exactly where I'm going. Give him, give him whatever, you know, difference you have between like you and the tax with, with enough cushioning baked in so you can have flexibility, but yeah, just, just make him a human trade exception and better in presence if you need to. <laughs> Why not? You know, if you can do it, do it. Um, they probably, he probably won't wait around that long in free agency for that to happen unless the Pelicans are like really fast acting with all their moves. Um, but I, I would not be opposed to just giving him the uncle contract and keep him around. Um, and, and, you know, you can use him as salary when needed. Get him to, to be the, the, to fill the role that, uh, that Kendrick per- Perkins was a, decided to be a double agent when he was. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> well, yeah. Kendrick uh, Perkins did it on the minimum. And so, yeah. you know, I, obviously I would love to bring him back for the minimum, but I wouldn't, mind giving him two three four million dollars more than the so, minimum yeah i said uh, biannual when i was asked about it i said biannual sounds like I, I could i could talk myself into that for sure if, if it made sense cap wise look if it's a one-year deal with a non-guaranteed back end of it i i wouldn't i could go up to darius mill at seven million if you aren't fucking yourself over with respect to the tax um yeah. which is a tall task given all the people they have to handle with lonzo and and josh hard and potential trades they need to make tough task yeah yeah um, so do it what's the what's the rights on him would it be early bird i guess it doesn't matter does it isn't he still on his 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 miami contract it's like oh. a four-year deal isn't it 
Oh, I guess so. Yeah, you, you'd, you'd have full bird, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you would. I I forgot that it wasn't the. He's making contract. sixteen million dollars. Yeah, I don't think he got that anytime recently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I sure I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's definitely interesting. But you, you talk about a wundu. He's gonna get minutes because everyone is hurt. So let's talk about the injuries. Yeah. Uh, the first one that kind of hit us was was Zion, and um, that was uh, if you if you follow Andrew Lopez, the tweet was kind of scary. Uh, it was like, oh, well, they thought that he might miss a significant amount of time. It was probably something worse. And then now you might not miss much time. So he's missed three games. He has a, a right thumb injury. So as far as injuries go, um, not terrible, like in terms of being able to maintain conditioning and do other kind of stuff. Uh, it's really fortunate that it isn't the Josh Hart injury, which is a torn UCL, which will require surgery and keep him out the whole season. Um, so that's good. I have no idea when Zion's going to be back on the floor. I'm sure they're not going to rush it by any means. Um, but that that was kind of scary and, again, highlights the lack of depth on this team. But it also provided James Johnson the chance to shine. Um, and then Ingram has a irritated big toe. I don't, I don't know what fancy name they use for it, but it, it's a big toe boo-boo. Uh, that's what it is. <laughs> and, um, and now, yeah, now Josh Hart with the, with the torn UCL likely out for the season and Nikhil Alexander Walker last night uh, he got hit in the ankle. It's a high ankle sprain. Who knows how long he'll be out. Probably a period of weeks. Kyra Lewis calf strain doubtful uh, missed one game right after a career high 21. And um, I don't know how long he's going to be out. So do you there is there a particular injury you want to talk about? <laughs> I think it's the net impact of everything. Um, and, and granted, we've got a couple of guys could be coming back, but so the Pelicans are down to what? Literally two, they're, they're starting the original starting backcourt and then no one else, right? <laughs> no other cards are Pelicans healthy. are down to, well, now they signed Isaiah Thomas. Oh, he's, right. Yeah. He's going to so get minutes. He's going to he get is. minutes now. And uh, they're down to starting Jackson Hayes and Steven Adams together. <laughs> this is, Jackson Hayes this is and Steven Adams. <laughs> And they won. And that lineup beat the shit out the Rockets. That lineup was really good. You know, all the other lineups were like, okay, whatever. They kind of hung around the game. Steven Adams, Jackson Hayes beat the shit out the Rockets when they played together. That's they, how bad the Rockets are. It came back down to earth a little bit. Wait. the Yeah. It, sorry. I was getting the Hawks and Rockets game slipped up. But yeah, they the lineup did come back down to earth a little bit in the second half, but I'm pretty sure I, I, well, I would be Steven, shocked. Steven entered the concussion protocol and he just didn't play in the second half much, you know, like he, he got hit in like the third, middle of the third quarter and just didn't come back. And so it was like Billy and some like weird, pretty much every single lineup. No, yeah, not pretty much every single lineup that played that game had never played together before. Never. That's what's wild. But yeah, that's what's what they're forced to do. Yeah. It's, we are, we've been, we, we've just been talking too much about how weirdly healthy the Pelicans have been. So then everyone decided to, to miss games at the same time. And so, yeah, you can just never, you know, everyone's like, Oh, this is a good team. Look at their point differential. I'm like, this is the healthiest team and they suck. Their record sucks. And now look at they're finally getting injured. And, and it, yeah, it's just, I don't know, man, like people just, I feel like I would, my disagreement with people is on the definition of good. And, and to me, a, a team that is, uh, 21 and 27, even if it has a positive point differential, is not a good team. A good team is what, like, the Jazz are. They're the best team, actually. A good team, um, a good team is like what Dallas is. They're, they're a good team. 
You know, a good team was like what the Nuggets were before they got Aaron Gordon. They're a good team. They win games. I don't know. Yeah. That's that's, no, I mean, that's that's nitpicking. That's fair. No, I mean, like, if you look at the two teams, I'm looking at cleaning glass right now, and, like, the two teams closest to a zero, a point differential of zero, are the Pelicans and the Raptors. Pelicans are minus 0.3, Raptors are plus 0.3. Like, neither of those teams are good. <laughs> like, I, I don't really – I can't make an argument that, the, that, that those are good teams. Like, even – so the team ahead of them, San Antonio is right there with Toronto and plus, plus 0.3, 24 and 24. They're not a good team to me either. Like, they're just not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's silliness. But yeah. uh, Josh Hart got hurt. It's a contract year. What, where are you at? We've talked a lot about Josh Hart and kind of like where we stand with him. Do you, do you, does this impact his market any? I don't think so. I mean, the only way is if, front offices don't know what they're doing. And then and like, if you have like recency bias and, oh, well, you know, haven't seen him play in a couple months, what is what I, is what I remember real, but that shouldn't really in, in any competent front office, you shouldn't be thinking like that. So, I mean, he, he's been who he has been this year. I don't think he's for better force. He's been one of the more consistent Pelicans players and that you know what you're getting from him. Um, you know, the, the three point shooting is kind of, is probably the one inconsistent part of his game, but that's for any kind of, mid-volume, mediocre three-point shooter. That, that's just the nature of it that's going to happen. And so, I mean, he's a he's a high-energy, um, good rebounding guard uh, who's maybe got a slightly better reputation for the, for the three-point shot than he deserves. And I think we both agree that he's not a – we don't see the path – or I, I don't see the path to him being a – starter on a good team even like in two or three years um and so that to me limits what he should get in the free agent market okay let's put let's put aside starter do you do you feel like um when the pelicans are contending not contending they're a good team is he closing games for them no he's not and no and so if knowing that the pelicans slapped down $12 $12 million a year for him. What, what's your reaction there? I think it's a... So let's say it's a Solomon Hill deal, 448. I think it's a slight overpay, but I, uh, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's a debilitating overpay, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't love it. Okay. I don't know. Like he, he's, he's squarely in that MLE range to me. Um, if you got to go a little bit above, if you, you know, feel like you need to keep him, again, not thrilled about it, but understand it. Um, but yeah, I've got, I, I think MLE is kind of where. If you're in a it. territory where you're paying him that much, where does that put you with Lonzo? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't see a realistic scenario in which they keep both those guys i just don't um so if you're keeping heart that probably means that somebody went over the top on lonzo and just threw out a number you can't in good conscience match yeah i think that's fair i think you know as people get caught up on like can they like actually keep like do they have the cap space to get it done it's like no 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 it's not about the can it's about the should it's always been about the should. Yeah. And and Lonzo had a hell of a game uh, against Houston. He came back, knocked down eight threes, 
had 27 points, um, nine assists, played good defense, and uh, then he cramped up. He cramped up at the end there, which was um, unfortunate to see. But he had, he had a hell of a game. And, and of course, after when Lonzo has a hell of a game, Twitter is fucking wild. It was, uh, I mean, <laughs> it was the best three-point shooting in his career, right? Eight threes, it's got to be. Yeah, it's, it's a career high for him. Yeah. It ties a Pelicans record. Um, Page has done it like, I think, three or four times. Ryan Anderson did it. Uh, a couple others did it. But yeah, it um, ties a Pelicans record. And it's a big, big night for him. I think... Again, I'm not going to relitigate the whole Lonzo issue. It's it's just it is what it is. We've we've talked about it. We've we've written about it, and uh, it'll come down to his price point and and what the market is. So we shall see uh, when it comes to that. Um, I think what's what's important going forward here is talking about how Jackson Hayes is going to be an All NBA power forward um, just in the future. Do you, do you know the, the so? The potentially the I'm looking at the lineup data from the Hayes Adams lineup um, for the season, but obviously it's it's all in this last game. Probably the most ridiculous number I, I'm seeing on here um, in so 42 possessions, which is more than actually I thought they played. <laughs> but um, there are the the turnover the turnover percentage for the for this lineup for the Pelicans is in the hundredth percentile. <laughs> Like they didn't turn the ball over. Right. Yeah, like nine point five percent turnover rate, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> if you look at who's always on the floor, Lonzo had like seven turnovers, six turnovers last night. So I guess that all happened when they weren't on the floor together. Yeah. So the lineup is was Bledsoe, Ball, James Johnson, Jackson Hayes, and Stephen Adams. Forty-two. Or, or sorry, that was twenty-six possessions. So that that Adams and Hayes overall was was nine point five percent turnover rate. Uh, that that five man lineup had 26 of the 42 possessions and it was 7.7 percent turnover rate. So just like obscenely good taking care of the ball. Which, when you look at the guys on the floor, you'd say, "How the hell did that happen?" I just <laughs> what what I, I don't know what's going on. So what what are the stats? I don't know anything about them. What's the net rating? What's the defense? What's the offense? Give it to me. So Jackson Hayes, Stephen Adams pairing has 42 possessions plus 7.3 net rating, uh, and then they are plus 7.3. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. I mean, that's not, that's not, I thought it would be like awesome, but that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, obviously just pulling down every single rebound, they were 83rd percentile offensive rebounding, 95th percentile defensive rebounding, just doing, doing the most uh, on the glass. So yeah, I mean like most, most things, you know, if you watched it, most of this checks out, but I just still can't get over the, 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 the just absolutely such good hilarity. The ab- it's just absolute <laughs> hilarity and and i love that jackson hayes had some eye-popping moments last night like he always does every single game but that sequence with dj augustine where he uh he blocked that three points he, he matched up with him in transition so it wasn't like a switch or anything he picked him up in transition and blocked that three-pointer tapped the ball to himself and then like you know it took him like one dribble he was at the well, one dribble yep actually he's at the rim and just with a smooth scoop layup and uh, you're like, holy hell, this is Jackson Hayes. And, but even, uh, even the, um, even, even the, the, the middle part of that sequence was just pure Jackson Hayes because the reason he only took one dribble is because he spent the first half the, of the trip down the floor bobbling the ball. Right. <laughs> and he finally gets control of the dribbles once and then somehow does his acrobatic land. Just, just the, the full Jackson Hayes experience. He, he's, he's a special player and 
I think it's getting real quiet for the whole Griff can't draft crowd uh, because Nikhil is showing out, Kyra is showing out, Jackson is showing out. And this is, this is going to be my rant for today because most of that noise is coming from disingenuous fucks. <laughs> Let's go. All right. It's coming from bad faith actors who have made up their mind about David Griffin or the Pelicans or whatever. And after one season, which was interrupted by a pandemic and the start of another season, which is still in the middle of a pandemic, a short training camp, no summer league, barely any practices, four games in, they're screaming from the mountains. The season is over. (laughs) They're screaming Jackson Hayes is a bust. He's uh, not, he's not even, you know, he needs to go back to college. He needs to go back to high school. He needs to, you know, it's just, just absolute nonsense, you know, with, with the keel, like, Oh, he's never going to be anything. Um, what, what are we doing here? What, what, what has this accomplished? Like you're trying to be right from the get go this early. I, I don't get it. And, and whatever their motivations are for doing that, I'm sure they have, I'm sure they have some, you know, whether it's uh, being, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to get into it, but it, it's ridiculous. It needs to stop and just let the man breathe for a second. Cause Jackson Hayes, he's 20 years old. He can't even purchase a beer and he has insane physical tools. We've seen him use those physical tools. We saw a lot last year uh, where everyone is hyped about him, you know, from summer league to like, the bubble everyone is hyped about Jackson Hayes and all of a sudden like he has four or five bad games uh given everything that's happened in the world to start the season and uh he falls out the rotation everyone's like yeah he's a fucking bust like what it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense yeah um I mean right right there with you I think um you know who's hold on People are talking about Kyra being a bust. People hated the Kyra pick from when it happened. Because it wasn't Halliburton? Is like that the one? Reason? No, because it wasn't Sadiq Bey. Oh, my God. Or Aaron Neesmith. Because they wanted a wing. And, and they've been rooting for that to fail from the beginning. And every time Sadiq Bey has a good game, I see those assholes on Twitter. They're like, oh, look at this. I'm like, okay. What about everything else? It's like just it's, – it's, he's a rookie, man. Like, games aren't decide- – like – Drafts aren't decided this early. Well, that's the, the I I hate that that mentality so much because you can pr- pretty much always find a guy who is drafted after the guy you like, uh, or the guy that your team drafted who's better. But you know what? Most of them probably aren't. And so, like, just because you want to cherry, like, yeah, it, it's bad faith acting and it's cherry picking just because you didn't you didn't agree with something at the time. So you're going to find all the data points that you feel like makes your case stronger, even if it's you know, even if it's a straw man argument, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty frustrating. And like, you know what, there, there's, we, we probably shouldn't treat this as binary either, right? You're not, you're not either great or terrible at drafting. And no one, no one's saying that, no one's saying that Griff and the Pelicans front office made the perfect picks at every spot. Like that's there is one, so much one, impossible. <laughs> there is so much to criticize David Griffin yeah. about so much from, from the Adams pick to, 
the JJ situation to even signing JJ in the first place and not, you know, using that cap space to get more assets to bringing in Derek favors to every, you know, there, there is so much to criticize David Griffin about like legitimately criticize David Griffin about draft picks that are fucking 10, 15 games into a season. That is not one of them. That's not one of them. I saw last night someone tweeted at me, Najee is ass. He had played about six minutes into that game. <laughs> and it was his like second real game where he didn't get not like he it wasn't just garbage time minutes. He's an undrafted rookie. What are we doing here? I I don't understand, man. And and you know, it's just maybe it's it's maybe I don't I don't know if it's like basketball discourse in general because you you uh tweeted a colin it wasn't colin coward it was um what's this guy's name who's who was the guy that you tweeted that that was just saying absolutely ridiculous things about zion not being alan iverson or some crap like that oh broussard oh yeah chris broussard um chris broussard he was like yeah well zion's not gonna um, you know he might not be a 10 top 10 player he's more of an iverson or a westbrook and it's like what the fuck are we even doing here? And and I don't know if it's it's that mentality, you know, that being on like all the major media networks that's influencing how people discuss basketball and evaluate basketball. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the fact that we haven't had like a draft pick since Anthony Davis to really watch grow. Uh, and that doesn't really count because he was, it was amazing. And so people just don't know how to handle themselves when it comes to, to, to young players and rookies and watch them develop. I don't know what it is. It's ridiculous. That's what I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. I don't want to give people that much, uh, because I don't want to give the folks who are doing this that much credit because also I feel like, um, I feel like most Pelicans fans and like, true long-term Pelicans fans have had to learn the, the the concept of patience when it comes to this team. And so um, I I feel like it's as usual, just like a noisy minority of folks. Um, And so hopefully, hopefully the guys like Hayes and Nikhil and Kyra continue to quiet the, uh, the naysayers. I I'm loving the weather on Jackson Hayes Island. I'll say that. <laughs> and, and, you know, the organization is really, really high on Jackson, like really, really high on Jackson. You heard David Griffin in his recent, most recent press conference talk about him in such high terms. And like, you know, like when, when David Griffin gets in front of the camera, like you really, really have to parse out the truth from the bullshit. You really do. Uh, because like all GMs and, and, and coaches, not all of them, I guess, but a lot of them, they're very good at saying things that you want to hear without saying anything at all. Um, and, and David Griffin is an absolute master at that. Uh, but he, he said something along the lines of Jackson Hayes can like defend every position on the floor. And he's so talented and skilled offensively. Now, offensively, you know, we haven't seen him with the freedom to do much outside of like the crazy, like, Oh my God, dunk. Um, and and that's a product of Stan and Gundy wanting him to learn how to play the game the right way. And I and I absolutely support that kind of development, right? It's I don't I don't necessarily agree that, you know, you're on a bad team, you give them all all the minutes in the world, you let them kind of freestyle and do what they want. I think that can be helpful in certain areas, especially for like young cards or or perimeter players who need the on ball reps to to 
learn those decision-making processes, but it can also be very destructive and build really, really bad habits. So I, I don't really have many complaints about how they're handling the development of the young players. Um, but he said he can defend every position on the floor and, and as well as that, that whole offensive thing. And I think that puts in perspective how high they are on Jackson. And, and I do agree. I don't think Jackson's going to be the type of perimeter player that's going to chase guys around screens. Right. But I think you can put him on a switch on just about anybody and, and live with the results. I think that's absolutely fair. And I think there is a ceiling there where, where he can be that kind of multi-position switch defender. If, you know, the Pelicans decide to uh, go to a more switch heavy scheme or whatever it is, he can genuinely muck shit up on that end um, as he gets more experience. I, I, I fully believe that. Yeah. And, and what's the, I, I hate to do it, but I mean, like, is, is the defensive comp or it, it, at his, at Jackson Hayes ceiling, it, is the defensive cop in terms of the, his size and what he may be able to do on, you know, multiple positions and switching on screens and all that. Is there a better one than AD or obviously I don't, I don't see his ceiling being as good as Anthony Davis is on defense. Like that's a defensive player of the year candidate, but like, I'm trying to think of folk, players who matches you know yeah i mean it's it's, it's 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 it right it's somewhere between bam and ad yeah right? um i mean i maybe i mean i i don't want to say in between because that implies you can be better than bam but like the, the that's a tall task right i mean i think anthony yes. davis and bam they they have him soundly beat on being able to rebound the ball yeah. <laughs> which yeah. he, he he still is not um a plus in that department He's gotten much better. Still not, still not a plus. Um, he's a long way to go before he can be in those conversations, but that's kind of like the mold you're looking at, right? Where it's the talented big man that can just do everything on defense. Yeah. I mean, and let's, I, I think that if nothing else, that's what the rest of the season is, uh, it is good for to see, you know, what, what, like, I mean, it's very clear even since the beginning of the season, how much he's grown and, and how much that, a it, it's clear how much some of these younger players missed having a training camp but a chance to really like learn the learn the defense and, and pl- play together and, well, and also now, just play basketball period yeah because sure. they you know the, no one knew the season was starting and then all of a sudden the season started and and then you know there's no summer league in which case Nikhil and jackson would have had important reps in summer league jackson would have been playing 30 minutes a game in summer league there's no doubt about it you know yeah so that's 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 a little bit rough and, and and that goes for every young player it's not just jackson and kyra and Nikhil. it's it's everywhere around the league you know people are talking about like you know killian hayes or like some other rookies that you know killian hayes has been hurt but they're like okay why aren't these guys doing things even with james wiseman right the poor guy's been he he didn't play he played three games in memphis basically took a year and a half off of basketball with the pandemic and then is thrust into an environment with with this accelerated training camp and no summer league and all that in which he's expected to be a starter on a team that has Steph Curry and Draymond is trying to like win, like win, win. And then, you know, that's, it's been crushing towards his development, both mentally and, and with what's happening on the court. Um, But that's, that's what it is. It's, it's hard on all of these young players. And so, which also kind of like puts in perspective, like holy hell Zion is really good. Yeah, and I think um, on the, the Wiseman point also, I mean, you've got – the second you 
feel realize you're getting drafted by the Warriors, or you don't even know if you're going to stay on the Warriors. <laughs> like you hear all these things about them trying to upgrade and, and you know maximize their chances in the short term with Steph and Draymond. It's like, well, now you know does this team even want me? And so yeah, I mean that's a lot. Of, that's a lot for. for well, there's a lot of noise because it's yeah, like does this even want me? And then there's the other side of it because Lamelo's been so good and he went third, and then there's this whole thing like, oh yeah, they. They, they yeah. chose you over him and, and, you know, it's, it's a mess. I really feel for the kid. It's, it's just not a good situation developmentally for him. Uh, I mean, granted, I was never high on Wiseman to begin with. And I, I think I've said multiple times, like if the Pelicans, you know, had the opportunity to draft Wiseman in the lottery, I would, I would just not do it. I would not draft Wiseman in the lot, lottery. Um, I'm not very high on, on bigs that are, again, I think he can only defend one position well at his ceiling. And I think he's a very slow processor, uh, and his hands are terrible. Uh, and you're kind of seeing all of that culminate in, in the warrior system where it requires you to be a very, very quick processor, make quick decisions and, and do lots of things on the floor. And he's just struggling. He's just struggling hard, but he's better. You know, I, I feel like he can be a lot better than what he's shown. Uh, and that's just a terrible situation for him. Yeah. Speaking of the warriors, weird schedule quirk. Uh, we played them three times over an 11 day span in May. We play them back-to-back in San Francisco or Oakland uh, on May 3rd and 4th, and then um, – or, sorry, in New Orleans on May 3rd and 4th, then play them in, in Oakland on the 14th. Just, and I don't think we play them at all this year. So we got them three times at the very end of the season. Is Draymond but, healthy for those games? I mean, not healthy. Is he active for those games? Is Steph Curry active for those games, you think? I mean, or are they tanking outright for, for another pick at that point? I mean – I would think they're going to do it. If they're healthy, they're going to be playing um, because I'm sure that I don't think Steph and Draymond have any interest in getting another pick. I think they want to make the playing game and play like, even though Draymond didn't Draymond just say like, I don't care about it. I'm not going to be motivated for a playing game. It's exactly what he said. <laughs> um, well, I guess I don't know then, but I feel like what do you think if they feel like it's beneath them, they'd rather just miss it entirely. Interesting. Yeah. I think that organization has been shameless about tanking before. So I don't see why not uh why not do it again but you know i don't really know tough to tough to predict there uh gonna gonna kind of stick with the the positives and uh before i before we close the loop on jackson Hayes, um you know we we're kind of memeing about him being the starting four in the future and is there is there a lineup configuration where you think that could be a possibility and the second part is how good does he have to be on both ends to make that possible well i enjoyed your uh your late night tweeting last night about about the bi of the two lineup <laughs> i mean and that's like but but that the one you were talking about it's kind of the one that the only one that really makes much sense um <laughs> if you're gonna go big that for, for those for those who haven't uh seen my tweet i, I said uh trade for carl anthony towns start jackson Easy. at the four <laughs> start zion at the zion uh, Bi at the two, and then Lonzo at at the one, and that was that was my configuration. But yeah, I think I think you would need <laughs> you would need him to be, I think Bam level good defensively, and I think offensively he he'd be. I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to be able to put the ball on the floor, and he's already a really good finisher. Because um, Towns is absolute insane force on offense especially from behind the arc it's just he's the best shooting big in the league hands down 
And, and so Towns also is just not a very good defender and you just kind of like be trading off like, okay, Jackson do the heavy lifting on defense um, where Towns, you can maybe just drop and Jackson just kind of like Swiss RB knives his way through and, you know, blows things up. And then, you know, it's kind of figured out with the rest of the guys. I, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be viable in any time in the next two years. Cause I, I think Jackson's still pretty far away, but it, it's fun to think about. Yeah. Is there another, um, let's, let's get out of uh, fantasy land and pretend that, uh, that t- talent is not available. Um, is there another big or like legit kind of like, even if it's a four or five, like that guy plays most, the majority of his minutes at the five, is there another one you feel like you could still have as much fun with that type of lineup? With still starting Jackson? Yeah. At the four. Yeah. Jackson at the four. No, I mean, I, Towns and Jokic would be the two um, like unbelievable, no question fits. I'd be curious how it works with Sabonis because he's such a good passer. He's averaging 6.2 assists a game. And maybe, you know, he can, um, he, he kind of already does this like dance with Mars, Miles Turner and, and Miles actually shoots. And, you know, maybe you have confidence that Jackson can be a Miles Turner level shooter because I don't think Miles is a very good shooter. Um, and, and maybe, maybe Jackson can be that. I don't know if that's the best use of Jackson's talents per se. Uh, it'd be kind of a wonky fit though. I think, uh, but who knows? And he, I think it, it, the other part of this equation is Zion, right. And like how, how good can Zion make these guys? And so I, I Jokic and, and Towns is kind of where I draw the line. I think it could work with sheer talent with some other dudes. Like it would, it would work with Embiid, it'd work with Anthony Davis. It'd just be ugly. It, it wouldn't be a fun working. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but who knows maybe maybe jackson just turns into this offensive threat and you're like holy shit yeah you can just play with any of these bigs i'm, I'm all here for for jackson hayes taking like a half dozen drives per game for the rest of the year to see what happens just just yeah k- k- he was attacking defenders off the closeouts yeah, last night like awesome. what dude he, he, that catch and shoot three that he he had was just totally effortless he just like caught it he's a very very quick decision maker and i think that's underrated about him and and he moves the ball really well. He finds open teammates and he knows either he's going up with a shot or he's, or he's moving the ball or, or if it's like putting the ball on the floor, he's, he's a quick decision maker. It's, I think it's the quality of decisions will get better as he plays more. I don't think he makes bad decisions offensively per se. Uh, defensively is another story. I think he, he, he can make bad decisions slash fall asleep on, on defense. But again, it's, it's, he's, he's, he's like a toddler in NBA terms. That's yeah. He's still he learning to play. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's, yeah, that's, that's, it's very fun to imagine if Jackson Hayes can turn into that player, the, the ceiling of this franchise is um, quite a bit different, even even though you already have a a tier one player like Zion. Yeah. That's, that's the loop on, on Jackson Hayes. Um, And you know, the Pelicans have an interesting slate of games coming up. We'll see if any of them are healthy uh, when it comes to when it's Zion or Brandon Ingram or even the younger guys. I'm I'm all for kind of weird lineups and then winning some, losing some, and waltzing your way into the lottery and seeing what, what to do with the with the pick. I, I think they're going to trade those picks. I said that early in the pod. I think, you know, if this is a non-top two pick, I think they trade it. I think it's gone. That's their, that's their first round pick. And I think the second round picks. Yeah. They're basically all gone too. 
So over under 1.5 players from this draft class on the roster, even, even including two ways. Even including two ways? Yep. I'll go over. Does 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 yeah? Because that count that counts undrafted people, right? Uh, I wasn't thinking about that, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if you think an undrafted guy is going to make the roster um, as a two way, Najee's yeah. a two way, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I go over. I think I think two is a solid number. Okay, does that yeah. include Didi? No, that's not this draft class. That does not include Didi. Okay, but yeah, do you think I he's think over too? I think they can bring in, you know, a rook or two rooks, and then just G lead them. I think that's what they'll do. Yeah. And they wouldn't be on the team. What well, here's yeah. a better question for you. Over under 2.5. No, let's go. 3.5 first round picks traded by the Pelicans this summer. This summer. Um under. Under. What's your number? Yeah. Um I just I don't know I, I guess I'll have to prove me wrong I don't I don't see the the big fish becoming available this summer. Um, but what if it's multiple small fish? What if it's like you know you trade a pick for for Harrison Barnes? You go trade a pick for Larry Nance, and then you know, that's two already. You go trade you know what I mean like things like that. Yeah, I, mean, I could see it. I was thinking more like you trade a pick or two for someone who's like not not the huge huge get, but it becomes available and you feel like they fit fit the culture that year and and the the roster configuration you're trying to strive for um but yeah i, I was my, my my number was kind of like at one uh, one or two more likely if i had to pick one it was it would be you know a couple picks okay well then i'm moving the over under to 2.5 and i'm taking the over because my number is three is it I, okay. I think they move three picks this summer three first round picks and and i guess are we including swaps here i guess we swaps not for half a pick half a pick okay yeah, yeah I, i'll stick with three I'll stick with three picks. I think they're going to be crazy aggressive this summer, whether or not a big fish comes into play or not. I don't think they just like roll, roll back with the same players and, and kind of dick around. I, I think I they, will, they will make yeah. moves. Yeah. I think they're, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a culture of losing building right now and they've got to fix that. So um, I, I, I agree. I, I think, I think they're aggressive, whether that aggressiveness comes in the form of a, uh, of, of, I mean, I guess it kind of has to come in the form of picks because it's not like you have, unless, unless you're signing trading Lonzo Ball. That's like, that's the one probably asset you've got in terms of salary matching purposes. Uh, the rest, I mean, I don't really, you really have many other, like you're not going to get a, a, a solid asset in return for Steven Adams contract. Obviously you're not going to get anything of value for Eric Bledsoe. So like it would have to be those players plus a pick. The only, yep. the only player you're trading absent, picks and upgrading is probably a sign and trade for, for Alonzo. Um, I mean, obviously you could trade uh, one of some of the younger players, but those guys aren't making enough money to max salary. So it, it, it would have to be picks almost that. And, and I think this, this organization would rather keep their players and grow yep. internally and trade the picks rather than, than trade the players. How much of that to you is, uh, is, uh, uh, like some cost fallacy and just like having a bias towards your own guys versus yes. professional. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> I, I think that's what it is. Fair enough. I, I, I think that's hundred percent what it is. I mean, sure. There's an element of like, Hey, we want, really want to build something. We want to grow something. And, you know, they've had a lot of turnover with Anthony yep. Davis and drew and all of that. Yep. So there, there is some, some merit to that. You can't be constantly trading your, your, your guys out. 
um, especially if there's a situation where they're letting Lonzo walk, right? Um, or or both Lonzo and Hart walk because you know you can't just have um, talent drain going going uh, every single year uh, since since Zion got here. So I think part of that plays into it. But I think 100% is I think Jackson Hayes can be you know Siakam. I think Nikhil Alexander Walker can be um, you know like Manu 2.0, whatever the hell. I think there's that component way more than anything else. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think, I think we've seen enough uh, recently from Kyra and Jackson to, to justifiably want to see more. I think Nikhil, I'm a little less sold on and, and not to say like, I, I feel like I, I, he's been, he's been good in his own right recently too. I just, um, I, I feel like I, if there was one of those three that I was ready to, to move from in order to make an upgrade elsewhere, I feel like Nikhil's the guy. Um, would you agree with that? I, I would I would I would be fine moving from Jackson or Nikhil. I think Kyra is the only one that I'm most curious about. I mean, I, I'm fine moving on with all three of them. Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, I don't really. I, I like them all, sure. but you know, I, if I'm moving them, I'm pretty confident that someone's really good's coming back, and so I'll be fine with it. Um, but I th- there there is that other component where it's like, okay, well, you if you want to be a good team and you make all these big swings and you bring in those big players, whether it's um, you know, whether it is a guy like Beal or Carl Anthony Towns or, or Sabonis or anyone like that, you know, or your multiple few guys like Nance and et cetera, et cetera, your, your salary bill is going to get higher. Your top end is going to be pretty heavy. So it's nice to have that cheap cost controlled production. And so that it, there is a, ba- a financial basketball reason to hold on to those guys rather than the picks. Because those picks, yeah. you know, these guys have been in your system for, for a few years now and then they're developing and they can produce. Like they're, they're getting to the point where they can – win you minutes on the floor you know like like jackson minutes are are no longer like in insane negatives kyra minutes never were insane negatives and then they'll probably get better uh likewise with Nikhil, so it's it's good having those guys around for the next few years as your roster gets more expensive from other more talented players yeah it's, it's a good point yeah so there we are i think we covered a good amount of what what's happened this week including the drama and and, uh, you know, got me in a little rant with about some bad faith actors, but uh, we're going to have a podcast coming up soon with your question and answers. So keep that in mind and look out for it. And thanks for everyone my name is colin kelly and i have one question for you do you love fantasy football and do you want to win in 2021 then be sure to check out rotoviz overtime and all the other rotoviz podcasts with new shows dropping every day on blue wire we've got you covered for all things fantasy football subscribe to rotoviz overtime today